Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rooted Podcast. It is a great time for us to be together once again. My name is Rob Harlemert. I'm the host of this podcast. And the reason we have this podcast every single week is because we believe if we are rooted in Scripture, no matter what comes at us in and out of season, we will be able to respond with the things that we learn in Scripture and live a life according to Jesus so this year, um, I have challenged my church, and I've kind of just set out this vision of making sure that this year we are going to try our best to be faithful and obedient and learn how to be faithful and obedient with the things that God has given us. We want to make sure that we are moving towards being disciples of Christ, moving towards making disciples and baptizing people and teaching people to be faithful and obedient. And we believe that if we want to start moving towards making disciples, we first have to be faithful and obedient. So this year we are going to try, and what we're going to talk about today is to be faithful and obedient. So the question is, is, is what can we be faithful and obedient with? Like, what do we have? What, what is the thing in front of us that we can say, yes, I've been faithful and obedient with. So a part of this is what we have. We can be faithful and obedient with what we have, what we've been given, what God has graciously given and been a blessing in our life with. Uh, it might not have been something that you had at first, but maybe over time God has given you something, a great gift, but maybe it's something you were born with, something that you need to make sure that you cherish and you make sure that you are faithful and obedient. Maybe it's something that has been passed down from generation to generation, a gift from God that you need to make sure you are faithful and obedient so that your kids and your grandkids can benefit from this great gift that God has given you. Um, so the th what do we have? These are the four things that we have. We have time. Everybody has time. Everybody has resources. Uh, that could be money. That could be a house. That could be a car. Like you have tangible things that, that, that have value, your resources that you need to be faithful with. The other thing is community. We, we have and we are commanded to be in community, and we need to make sure that we are faithful and obedient uh, with that. And then the last thing that we have is our talents, our God-given ability that, that God has given to us that we are all different. We, are, we all have different skill sets. We all have the ability and even have the passion for different things in our life. We have different talents. The thing about all of these things that I have learned is that Satan so desperately does not want you to be faithful and obedient with these four things. And it's not necessarily that he wants you to be completely against them, like just throw them away completely, but he almost wants to make sure that you hide them away or make sure that you are kind of suppressing these things to make sure that you are not glorifying God with the things that you have, or that you're, you're making sure that you're taking care of them to the best of your ability because God has given it to you, um, that you're being diligent with the things that you have or the time that you have or the talents that you have. What, but what Satan wants you to do is he just wants you to kind of be lackadaisical about it, just kind of throw it away to the wayside. You not have any passion in your life. Make sure you just kind of, 
throw your money towards yourself or towards things that don't really matter. You don't invest the right way. Maybe you start accruing on debt. Uh, not necessarily like completely damaging, but just like this lukewarm mentality about money. And with community, he wants you to be like kind of in and kind of out. He, he wants you to uh, kind of lead people on, make sure that people kind of expect things from you and you like show up sometimes, but you're kind of this wild card where people don't really know and don't really fully expect things from you. And the last thing he wants you to do is he wants you to just be burnt out from the talents that you have. He wants you to just kind of be like, you know, I don't really want to do that anymore. I kind of want to push that to the side. I want to move on to the next thing in my life. And I just don't really, I don't really want to do anymore. I'm just not going to be labeled as somebody who is good at this anymore. And you, and you can label it as a bunch of different ways or a bunch of different things, or you can, a bunch of different scenarios that you can probably come up with in your mind. But Satan does not want you to be passionate or take care of any of these things. Or he just wants you to use them for personal gain. Like he wants you to leverage all the things that you have, that it's all about you or all about me, and just go after it with everything that you can. And every, everybody that comes between you and these things, you just push to, away, to the away side. And it's not a community thing. It's not you helping other people. It's not valuing others above yourself. It's just you and the things that God has blessed you with. And I, and I know that Satan doesn't want us to use these things, or he doesn't want us to be faithful and obedient with the things that God has given us, the time, money, community, and talents. <clears throat> the reason is because we love to make excuses and justify why we're not doing certain things. Like we, the reason that I, I, I think it's because of Satan convincing us is because if, if, if it w- didn't matter to God, we wouldn't have to justify anything, right? We would just do what we wanted. We don't have to stop and explain ourselves to people because the, the only, the only reason and the, and the only reason why we stop and justify and have to explain ourselves is because we're not doing something that we're supposed to be doing. And we have to stop and make sure everybody is coming along with us. Or we just want to get people off our back or eyes off of us because we honestly just want to do what we want to do. And we we don't care about anybody else in this process. So what Satan will do is he will justify or convince you to justify how you spend your time. He'll, he'll justify the fact that you don't show up on Sunday mornings to worship, to worship Jesus. And he'll put it in your mind and you'll, you'll just try to come up with something to justify why you're not doing that or spending, spending time with other people or making sure you spend time in word with the word, the Bible or prayer, or making sure you are spending time to make sure you take care of the things that are in front of you, like going to your job, making sure you are good at your job and being excellent at that, being on time and leaving when you're supposed to, making sure you show up to when your kids need you to show up, make sure you are there for them, spending time with them, being present in their life. And I mean, you can come up with any scenario you want when it comes to time, but what Satan wants you to do is justify just spending more time on yourself than anything or anybody else. The same with money, I'm trying to justify certain things on why you need certain things. 
the resources that you have trying to build up a, a massive resource, maybe keep buying things, keep buying bigger house, keep buying nicer and nicer cars, uh, filling up your garage with stuff or your basement with stuff that you're not going to touch. Just like trying your best to build up your own kingdom in a way and not using the resources to value others above yourself. And you try to, and, and you have to stop and you have to justify what you're doing with that money, what you're doing with the resources that God has given you and you're not taking care of them and you're just using them for yourself or you're just flippantly thinking about it and you don't really care and you're not leveraging what God has given you to make sure that you are being faithful and obedient. The other thing is community. Like we, we we're supposed to be in community. We are supposed to engage in community in Christian conversation and in Christian living and living life together. We see that in the book of Acts at the beginning. They were they met in each other's homes. They ate together. That was their Christian community. They did everything together. They they relied on each other. They leaned on each other. They they helped each other. They would give things to each other when they were actually in need and not just in want. And what Satan wants you to do is like halfway show up to that. Like maybe times you kind of will do things. Maybe times you will kind of engage in the community and maybe you will help sometimes, but other times you don't really explain why you're not helping. Maybe you, you don't always answer back when people are trying to get to you and you kind of just have become this wild card and you, instead of communicating what's going on in your life, that we can live life with you if you are absent for a moment. You just decide not to communicate at all. And it kind of hurts and people miss you and they want you to be a part of the community, but you're, you're just using it for your own advantage. And the last thing is talents. Like a lot of us have, uh, every, not a lot of us, every single one of us has God, some sort of God-given talent. Something we are, we are bent towards or good at or we, we like to work at. Every single one of us. And every single one of them is important and can be used for the glory of God. Every single one of them. There's no necessarily talent that is better than anything else. There's not a talent that, yeah, there's some that are flashy. There's some people that can sit and stand in front of thousands and thousands of people. And they get a lot of glory because everybody sits and listens to them. Yeah, there's people that can, can run massive companies. There's people that can write incredible literature books that become New York Times bestsellers. There's people that can write courses, like things that are flashy. But if you look at everybody behind them, they couldn't be where they are without all the people behind them. And everybody has a job to do in that process. And every single person is just as important as the person who's in front with the face and talking. If you look at professional athletes, they do have a natural God-given talent. Baseball or football or basketball does come more naturally to them than, than me or, or anybody else. But they also had great coaches. They also had great strength coaches. They also had great mentors in their life. They also had great teammates in their life. And they couldn't just do it by themselves. They needed multiple people surrounding them. And every single person had a job that was so important to make sure that this came together to, to work out really, really well. And what we will do is we will just justify not engaging with those talents 
What I'm not talking about, what I'm not saying here is that you're using your talents to volunteer on a Sunday morning. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about from a minister's perspective, hey, you need to volunteer because you have this talent and you, you have this talent and you're good at this. So you need to use it for the church. Like, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that you have this gift and you have the ability to glorify God and you have the ability to build off of this talent and you have the ability to glorify God and you have the ability to preserve this talent in some sort of way to value others above yourself. And that looks different for every single person. It really does. But what Satan wants to do is he wants you to justify why you don't engage in that very often or why you do use it for yourself. See, there's a, there's a scripture in Matthew. It's a parable from Jesus. If you have the new NIV, the, the, the title, it's in Matthew 25. The title is probably parable of the bags of gold. If you have an older version, it's probably parable of the talents and a talent is this a number is this a is a value of money that's why they've changed it to parable of the bags of gold and there's this guy that was going on a journey and he gave this a different amounts of money to each people and he wanted them to take care of it while they were gone he wanted him to to be diligent and be faithful and obedient with the money that this guy this 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 man had given and entrusted his wealth in and he gave different amounts of bags to everybody and when he came back, he asked what they did with it. And then the first guy uh, says, hey, I, I had this and I had five bags you entrusted me with and I brought back more. And then the other guy's like, well, I had two bags and you, and you entrusted and I brought back more. And then there's this third guy who had been given a bag and he says that he did not invest it. He didn't take care of it and he just buried it because he was terrified of losing all of it and the master or this man getting really mad at him. So instead of doing and taking care of it and being faithful and obedient with what he had been given, he decided that he was going to do what he wanted with it and live in fear or just not engage with it at all until the guy comes back. He's just going to give him his money back. And this is how the master responded. He said, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and I gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put the money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back in with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever has will be given more and they have they will have an abundance whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them so we have this image of god giving something to people like there is there is god given things to people this is specifically money but it says that all good th- in the Bible, it says all good things come from God. So that we, we have this, we have this master, you could view him as God. He has given us something and entrusted something with us. And some people build on the thing that, that God has given them. And like it said, like some people have five bags of gold. Some people have three bags of gold. And is what you can do with that to multiply. 
to build off of it, to be faithful and obedient with the things that you have, to take the time that you have and be so diligent with it, it, it felt and, and you produce things with it of somebody who had more time than you did, or specifically money. You have the ability to invest and to take care of and to use it for good and to use it for the glory of God and for community to make sure that you engage in community and you build on community and build lifelong friendships and you help and support each other in every way that you can and the talents that you have, the things that, that, that you are good at and the things that you're passionate about that you build on them and you get better and better and better at them because God placed that passion and talent in your life for you to even start in the first place. But it seems that if you do not engage in those things, that God will give it to somebody else that will be diligent with it. See, a lot of people really want to be in charge in, in, with a lot, like right off the bat. Like there's people that want to leave college and then immediately become a CEO. Or they want to, they want to start their own company, but they want it to be a multi-million dollar company like instantly. Or there's people who go out of Bible college like me and then like they immediately want to be in the biggest church right up front preaching to thousands and thousands of people every single Sunday. But here's the thing that we learned from this. That if you are faithful with the little, the start that God gives you, he will in turn give you more because you've been faithful with the little. He's not going to start with a ton at first. He's going to give you what you need to start. He's going to, and he's going to allow you to build off of that and, in, and allow you to, to entrust, or he's going to entrust you with the, the more that you are producing from that. So if you, in this instance with, with this, you have five bags, you turn it into 10. He's not going to take the, the, the extra five that you made. He's just going to entrust you with now the 10 and say, okay, keep building off of that. Keep going off of that. If you're in community and you've been, been searching for that one good friend or you've been searching for that big group of friends, he's not going to just throw you in with a bunch of great, great Christians of like, 50 to 100 people that absolutely adore you for you to just walk away and, and crush them. What he's going to do is he's going to give you one person. He wants you to be faithful and obedient to that one person, to be good friends with them, to live life together with them. And as you, as you learn and you get better doing that, he, you, he will naturally invite more people into your life to make that better. He's not just going to overwhelm you with like, 50 to 100 people that he wants you to be best friends with, like that doesn't work. He's not going to give a young child the, ability, the same athletic and strength ability as a professional baseball player. Like that's just not capable. That's just not the way it works. You start out with something small and you build off of it till you get to the point of being a professional athlete. Small kids don't have the ability to be, to be surgeons. Like you have to build off of it. You have to work at it. You have to, you have to recognize that God gave you this ability and you have to go after it with the same excitement and the same thing because you're faithful and obedient because God's involved in what's going on. So in 2023, 
like I said last time, I, I, I believe that 2023 can be the best year faithfully in faith and God base in your life. I think it's going to be the best year of your life, but it starts with being faithful and obedient. I think God can absolutely change your life this year. I think he can set you free from so many different things in your life. But it starts with us being faithful and obedient. See, I love studying the different stories and teaching on different stories of the Old Testament, like, like Abraham or uh, David. And we love to, to, to go to the end with Abraham. We love to go to the end with David on how they were credited as righteous. But if you read the story, you realize that the, the reason or when they became righteous in God's eyes was not after they did all these things. They became righteous in God's eyes from the very beginning when they had faith in him and were faithful and obedient with the things that they were given. None of them were given a ton at first. David, in fact, was just a young boy and had to wait 20 years, I think, for Saul to die for him to take over. Like he knew he was going to be king, but he had to wait all that time and he had to sit by Saul's side and be faithful and obedient to what God had placed him in in order to be king. It wasn't God was like, well done, good and faithful servant at the very end. No, he said at the very beginning, hey, stay faithful and obedient. You are credited as righteous. Abraham was the same way. He wasn't even named Abraham yet. He was named Abram. And God said, hey, I'm going to give you a kid. And I want you to be faithful and obedient. And instead of just being like, no, God, we're not going to do that. No, he was faithful and obedient with the, with, with the one that he gave, with the one that he had, and it ended up changing an entire nation. And we, we sing songs like Father Abraham, all because at the very beginning he was faithful and obedient with what he had. And God built on that and built on that and built on that. And I, I believe that if we start with that now in January, we could, we could see something really cool by December. And we could see something even cooler in 2024 and even cooler in 2025 and even cooler in 2026. But you have to start somewhere. And I would love to invite you. I'd like to invite my church. Invite anybody who listens to this podcast to start with being faithful and obedient in 2023. Make sure you're faithful and obedient with time, money, community, and talents, just to start out with. Make sure that we are faithful. What I want to do next is I want to pray. I want to make sure that we center our hearts and our minds around this to make sure that we're rooted in scripture. So whenever we are presented with an opportunity where we need to be faithful and obedient, we remember the scripture and we need to make sure that we are faithful and obedient. What it says in Matthew 25 with the parable of the bags of gold, where you see the three servants, two of them were faithful. One was not. And then he was the other were, were given more because they, they showed that they could be faithful with a little and were given more. And they have the ability to build on it. I, I pray that we can take this scripture and apply it to our life today. So let me pray. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for just another year where we to gather together. We get to study together. We get to make sure that this scripture is rooted in us. 
that we can stay faithful and obedient with the little things that you have given us so that we can build off those so that you will entrust us with more things to be faithful and obedient with. God, I pray that the time, the, the money, the community, and the talents that you've given us so far, I pray that we can start and recognize this year that we need to stay faithful and obedient with the things that you've given us. God, I pray for our 2023 year that we can impact so many people for you, that we can reach so many for Christ. But it starts with us. It starts with us making a decision to be faithful and obedient. God, I do believe that you are good, and I want to thank you so much for the grace that is given through your son, Jesus. Ask us all in your son's name. Amen. I want to thank you so much.